Today being the second, third Sunday of Lent, uh, we're given this passage where Jesus is going to kick out the money changers out of the temple. And as we're walking through this passage, we find that the money changers, they're not doing something wrong. In fact, at the time, many of them were asked to. They were doing a service for those that wanted to do something holy. They were offering the materials that the people could offer in prayer. And so they were selling it to them. And we see nothing here that says they were cheating the people. They could have been doing it for a very good price, as far as we know. That wasn't the problem. The problem was not that they were selling animals and other things. The problem was where they were doing it. In the temple, there was the outer court, the inner court, and the Holy of Holies. And all three of those stages inside the temple were all holy. And when we say holy, what we mean is holy in the Jewish sense. It was reserved for God, put to the side for God. And so, as this place was reserved, it was reserved especially for prayer. And, in fact, these sellers or money changers were sitting inside the temple, inside what we call the outer court. And they were selling. And so Jesus when he's going to show this righteous anger, if you like, where he's going to make a whip out of some cords and he's going to drive them out of the temple, he is going to drive them out of the temple because they were making something holy into something secular or worldly. That's what we mean by secular. Secular comes from the Latin root secula, which is of the time or worldly. worldly. And they were making what was holy, that is the temple, into something secular. And that was enough to show perhaps the only time where Jesus gets really upset to the point where he makes a whip and drives them out, throwing the tables upside down. It was not because they were cheating anyone. It was not because they were doing something immoral in the sense that we normally think of it. It was because they were doing something immoral in the true sense. They were taking what is holy and making it worldly. And that got him so upset that he threw the tables upside down. 
And that's interesting. They ask him, what sign are you going to give to prove that what you're doing is right? I'm sure they were upset too, right? The priests, the scribes, they were all upset because they had allowed this. And he is going to give this obscure riddle. Destroy this house and I will build it again in three days. This obscure riddle. And it was actually a riddle that implied much of the Old Testament. That God will write a new law in our hearts. That the new temple will be that of our own bodies. And the Spirit will dwell within us. It was a riddle that took them time to figure out. It was not obvious when they heard it. So they understood it materially and said, you're going to destroy this place and build it in three days. Do you know how long it took to build this church? Probably a long time with those curves, you know. And you're going to do it in three days. In fact, the temple that they were speaking about had taken a long time. It was rebuilt by Herod. There were three times that the temple was built in history. The first time was built by King Solomon, the son of King David. Then it was destroyed in the 500s before Christ. And then when the Jews came back after they had been taken and destroyed and put into exile, when they came back, they built it, but they built a poor version of it. And then before Christ, just before Christ, King Herod saw the prophecy that the temple will be rebuilt better than Solomon. And so he, built, he rebuilt it the third time. And it had just finished right before Christ started preaching. And so this temple was a glorious temple. And so Christ is going to be angry about making something holy into something secular, worldly. Now, if we look at the first reading, the first reading is the Ten Commandments, right? And if we're looking at those Ten Commandments, let's refresh our memory a little bit. Usually, if we learn the Ten Commandments, we've learned a shortened version of it. And if we're looking at this one, this one is going to bring out a particular theme once again. For example, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath for the, for the Lord your God. 
You shall do no work that day, neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your servants, men or women, nor your animals. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that these held. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord has blessed the Sabbath day and made it sacred. And when we speak of sacred, we're speaking of something quite different from secular. It's the opposite of secular. Sacred is, once again, that thing that is set aside, reserved for God. And we live in a world where nothing is sacred. And so us, who believe, have to proactively reserve this place, this church, for the sacred. We have to reserve Sunday for God. Often that will also translate as a time of family. My sister, when she is raising her five kids, she would often speak of Sunday fun day to try to get the kids to celebrate it as a family. And it worked. They would have a little movie in the evening, popcorn coming out, always something to celebrate Sunday, but Sunday was always reserved for God and family. And it is of the utmost importance because what we're going to speak about in these Ten Commandments, in each one of them, we're going to show that there is something sacred. When we speak of thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother, it's because the, your mother and your father is sacred. It is, your mother and your father have a reserved position for they gave you life. So they are set aside in your life. When we say, thou shalt not kill, the human person in himself is sacred. This concept of holiness is going to be the only reason that I can remember why Christ actually gets angry. And it is very just. He doesn't get angry when he sees the sinners. We don't even hear him getting too angry when he's arguing with the Pharisees. He says words like, you are sons of Satan. Perhaps that's angry. But he doesn't turn over tables, nor does he make whips. The only time I see something of this scale is when you find us not reserving what is holy for what is holy. Not reserving or setting aside the time and the place. And that's nice. So, if this gospel is given to us on the third Sunday of Lent, in year B, 
It's there because it's important for Lent. Lent is a time of remembering what is sacred, remembering what is the heart of sin also. Sin is just that, when we have disrespected what is holy, the marriage bond, when we have broken the marriage bond in any way, when we have not reserved marriage and the sacredness of marriage to God. And so, during this Lent, let us see the beauty, see the goodness, and remember once again the beauty of Lent, which is that we are called to the sacred, and it is through the mercy, tenderness, and love of God that we will enter into the holy, that his mercy and tenderness sees us in our incapacities and brings us through his tenderness into his light. So let us ask that his tender mercy might receive, that he might purify from us all that is of the world and reserve us for his throne for his majesty, for his love, for his kindness.